How do you become an expert in a field that you have never had training in? Is it a good idea to become your own health expert? Or are you troll bait just waiting to happen? This is the discussion today on Healthy Harmony. Welcome to Healthy Harmony, where we help you clarify and discuss health tactics to harmonize your life. I am your host and health coach, Jennifer Pickett, and today my guest is Holly Love. Holly is a mother and a wife. She's a business owner. She is an assistant to a worship leader. Her primary passion, though, is to help others get healthy. She considers herself a homegrown nutritionist due to circumstances and life situations. So let's get right into it. Holly, how are you today? Good morning. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. So uh, let's get right to it. You wear a lot of hats. Um, You lead workshops. You coach individuals on nutrition and healthy living. But you've never received any professional training. Do you consider yourself a health expert? Not by any means at all. I uh, just happened to be put in a situation with my mom's health. It kind of forced me to um, look up and research health and it just really opened my eyes to the realization that food is the overall consequence of our health. Oh, wow. So tell me what happened with your mom that really kind of led to this, this mission of discovery. In 2013, she was diagnosed with colon cancer. Um, I really didn't know anything about it. Um, I was one of those people that really had the the, the old adage of, you know, everything causes cancer. We all die at some time. Well, it becomes personal when it's your mom. Um, through the process of walking alongside her with the treatments and the doctor visits on a daily basis, I just started doing some deep research. And after reading and reading and reading, I just came to the realization that our diet seemed to be really the basis for the beginning of most cancers and other diseases. And that's when I just realized I had to make a change, not only for myself, but to, to be able to help others. So we have both been through very, very difficult circumstances with um, with our moms. That's something that you and I share in common. We've both lost our mom uh, to cancer. Um, but I love how um, in the middle of that very difficult time in your life, uh, you determined to do something. Mm-hmm. And that something was to really dig into the research and figure out what you could do to help your mom. So tell me, like, where did you start with that, Holly? That is a huge, huge world out there. And how did you even know where to start? I didn't. I was so ignorant. And I just literally started with Google searches, which led to books, which led to um, just information. It was information overload for a while. I had to process and sort and filter through everything. I was pulling from people that I felt really were knowledgeable in the field. Um, But some of the information seemed to be just old information. Um, being in the, the hospitals and in the, the cancer centers with my mom, I had access to some stuff and it kind of opened my eyes to some of the information that was out there that I probably wouldn't have seen just on a daily search, I guess. Once I started doing that um, and started filtering through it again and realizing it just kept coming down to the same things, diet. Um, and that's then when I kind of switched gears And instead of focusing on cancer, I focused on food. And it came full circle at that point. 
Wow. Uh, you reference being in a cancer center. So I think our tendency is to trust the experts where we're at, trust the doctors, the nurses, etc. Did you find any nutrition help from the cancer centers? I, you know, I hate to say where I was, not really. Um, okay. The sad thing is I felt like obviously their number one thing they were pushing was, was medicine and that's their job. Um, but I felt like at that point, that person that was there was there because of cancer and they were probably at a pretty far along stage in that cancer. So they're looking for possible treatment and or um, pain-free comfort at that point. Um, I, I didn't have the uh, forethought to uh, research you know, about this because I hadn't been exposed to it. Had I had a healthier lifestyle, things would have been different and I probably would have taken my mom down a different road even for her treatment. Um, but I just kept feeling like there's so much information that people aren't getting to combat what accelerates our, our body to cancer. We're yes. getting information to people prior before it becomes cancer or a long-term illness or other things. And that's where I was sad. I was sad. I'm, I mean, I have six children. I have siblings you know I have friends that I love as family members and I kept thinking of all these people and every single one of these people had been touched by cancer in some form or fashion and I just kept thinking why aren't why isn't this information more not only accessible but truly doable why isn't out yes. there in a form where people can understand it and implement it on a daily basis so that goes back again to diet if we just start it you know, in our daily life and in our daily process and crowd out the stuff that's bad for us and our habits that we've created from lack of information and also just from that's how we were raised. That's always a good one. Um, and start implementing this, this, this information and teaching our children this, that when they become adults, it's not even an issue. They won't struggle with obesity, inflammation, um, other diseases, which end up in the long run into cancer. Holly, I hear so clearly your your passion behind this subject. So um, digging in just a little bit further, did you consider, uh, you, you started to realize, okay, the important role that diet can play. Um, so did you seek any help at the cancer center? Was there a, a dietitian or a nutritionist that was helpful that gave any uh, information? No, at the point that it really got to where I felt confident in it and confident with the information I had, my mom was kind of too far down the road, I hate to say. Um, but what I realized is I can share this information with the rest of my family and my friends and anybody that would listen at that point. When you realize how amazing our diet can be and the huge impact it has on your health and that God basically has provided everything we need to be healthy, we just have to choose wisely. We want to feel our best, we want to be strong, and we want to teach, so we need to teach our family to eat healthy in order to reap those benefits. We don't want to live in pain and discomfort. We don't want to live on medications that are creating more health problems in the long run. We don't want to mask our pain with medication, and nutrition truly is the prevention. And the best way to stay healthy is to be informed so that you can make smart choices about what you're eating and what you're feeding your family. And when we realize that we can use a diet and nutrition to better our health, we truly have a power and we have to be willing to make those choices. And that at that point, 
it just was like it was my aha moment it was a it was a switch that went off in my head and i realized i can't have all this information in my head and in my heart and not share it so i hear you I, I i hear you loud and clear that um you you really started to see that crucial link um so i'm curious you know there's a lot of folks out there who say mm, does it make that big of a difference mm-hmm. i'm not sure or maybe the research doesn't support that um uh, so how would you answer those people who are they're just skeptical i guess i'd have to say the proof is in the pudding <laughs> Um, you can be a skeptic. A lot of times being skeptical is also an excuse to not make that switch. We're lazy. As humans, we're lazy. We like the easy way. We love the, the quick meals, the, the, the pre-packed, pre-packaged things that we can just throw in the oven or the drive-throughs that make it quick and easy for us so we can get to the next activity because our schedules are so full. But when you do that day after day after day, and you realize you're not it's not helping you it's not fueling you at the best that it can you have to be willing to make a change and your diet has to be a lifestyle and it has to be a lifestyle with real food for you to really be able to see and reap the benefits of that and i i just we just i don't i don't know how to get people to understand that it truly starts at home um, it starts with what you're putting in front of your children, what you're putting in front of yourself. If, if what you're eating is not fuel, it's killing you. And that's really just a blunt way to say it. If you're not fueling your body to live at the best level that it can live, you're hurting yourself. Yes. And I think we're finding more and more that um, food is not just fuel, mm-hmm. it's information. So mm-hmm. the question is, what kind of information are you putting in your body? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, certainly you saw this in the most difficult of circumstances. But uh, I think uh, you have really hit on such an important fact And that is being our own best advocate. Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, sometimes we really just put a lot of trust into um, the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. So have you seen any dangers of putting trust into the healthcare system? What would you do? What would you do differently, Holly? If you could do it all over again, what would you do differently? I think the number one thing I would do is just never eat processed food. That, I think that's the number one thing. I think as an, as Americans, we're just so overloaded with that. But when it comes to to information, it's it's really not as difficult as people make it is. It's just the fact that there's so many different forms of information. And that's where when I was saying earlier is I just kind of kept filtering through things. And every time I took a nugget from one thing and took a nugget from another thing, they really were almost the same information. They were just worded different. Yeah. Now, when you said uh, no processed foods, that's a really, that's such a big statement. Um, And I hear where you're coming from, but for crazy busy schedules, for the sake of convenience, how do you avoid processed foods? Do you really feel like it's that dangerous? Yes, yes. And the easiest way to avoid processed food is to cook at home. It really is. Um, okay. I, when you cook at home, you literally know everything you're putting in your mouth, as long as you're willing to not go to the store and buy things that are 
pre-made, pre, pre-packaged seasoning mixes and sauces and all those things. That's processed food. That's stuff that's already been processed for you. It's so full of cheap fillers and things like that that create inflammation and um, a situation of unhealth. When you cook at home, you literally know your chicken is your chicken. Your spinach is your spinach, you know, and it's as easy as when you're cooking at home. You can also start adding things to that that you maybe wouldn't get when you're buying prepackaged things. Add more vegetables. Add add more fruits. You know, your chicken can be free-range chicken. You can even have meatless meals where you give your body a little break and and energize yourself with with plant-based foods. All those things like that that just when you're at home you get to experiment. Some things are some things go straight in the garbage. I've been there. I've done it many times. But sometimes you find things that your family loves that are so healthy. And again, you're just giving them that fuel they need to continue to be healthy. So how do you respond to that mom, um, uh, uh, that the person who's responsible for making the meals who says, hey, I don't even have good cooking skills. I don't know where to start. I don't even know what foods to eat. Mm-hmm. How do you respond to that person? I call it crowding out. That's the first thing I tell a lot of my uh, people at my workshops and stuff is I don't expect people to go home and dump out their pantry and clean out their cabinets and start over. And it's expensive to do that. But you start by crowding things out. You know, the next time you go to the store, instead of buying the Little Debbie, maybe you buy the ingredients to make homemade cookies. You can still have sweets, but think about what's in there. Read the labels. Look at your food. Start buying alternatives and start using things that you can understand what the ingredients are after the first four or five ingredients if you do not understand what that ingredient is on that list do not buy that item yes it's really as simple as that if you need a chemistry degree to decipher that label we are in trouble yes we are in trouble implementing Um, little things implementing little things every single day to make changes eventually you'll have your your pantry completely turned over Everything that is in there, you will know exactly what it is and you don't care if your kids go over there and eat it. You won't even worry about that they're eating it because you know everything that's in there and everything that's in your fridge and everything that's in your freezer. And one of the simple tips that I like to give when it comes to grocery shopping, because I think this is such a huge uh, topic and one that is very overwhelming to people, is to really focus on uh, uh, the perimeter of the grocery store. Exactly right. Um, I tell, I t- oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I tell all my clients the same thing. If you can stay out of the center of the grocery store, you're doing awesome. If you can stay out of boxed items, you're doing great. Because that's where it's the most confusing, oh, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, too, you've got these huge uh, power plays being made by food companies. And they are, they are marketing these items to look healthy and it's nothing but junk food disguised as an healthier item and most of those are in the middle of the grocery store yes yes i totally agree and the other thing too is there's so many trigger words you know low fat diet light uh natural all those gluten free yeah just just because it says it's it's healthy choice or a natural choice really does not mean that it's healthy Yes, you have um, to turn it over and look at the label. 
Um, so I'm curious to hear how you would um, get someone started. Let's say that it is just someone's norm to do takeout most of the time. When they do cook at home, it's mostly the box meals, the processed foods, um, uh, whatever is quickest and easiest. How would you advise somebody to get started? Um, I'm curious to hear how you would advise somebody to get started with cooking meals at home using real food. Mm-hmm. So basically, we all kind of know what our family likes. We all we know whether they're, you know, prefer chicken and are they okay with vegetables. You really have to start with recipes that you know your family's going to... It's a pretty much a sure thing, I guess is what I'm saying. You have to start with that. Start with simple things. Again, just don't look for the cheap, easy way out. If you're going to make pasta, then buy a good pasta. If you're going to make chicken get chicken and do your own seasoning and cook it yourself instead of getting a pre-packaged seasoning mix or something like that and switch over from using butters to using coconut oils or olive oils or avocado oils um and that's a whole nother topic we can talk about sometime is it oils is. people are it so is. afraid of oils um our body actually needs oils we are our, our brain our eyes our hair our skin our our all of our organs they need oil just like a car needs oil to function and for things to run smoothly and the the word fats has taken on such a bad rap that people are just <laughs> mortified of eating anything that has any kind of oil in it and especially our children their brain and their eyes and all these things that are developing they need oil they need oils from nuts and avocados and olive oil things like that so if we can learn how to incorporate that into our meals it's such a huge advantage it is do you think we're coming from a period of time where we've been very very fat phobic and we've been obsessed with avoiding fats all fats absolutely i mean i literally see it every time i have a class every time i have a class why do you think that is holly it's that fear of being fat. It's the word fat. We've ruined the oh, word fat. I think you know? I think you hit on it right there. We have we've ruined that word fat. So just we like just associate we've ruined the word diet. fat. Yes. We've oh, okay. These That's words. another hot topic. Yeah. Another hot topic. So, um, uh, I, I think we are coming from this very fat phobic society. So, I mean, I've had, you know, a lot of, I've been trained as a dietitian. So looking back at my training was certainly trained to really promote that low fat uh, diet. And now simply we know better. Uh, and we know that our body desperately needs those healthy fats. So speaking of being trained as a dietitian, one of the reasons, Holly, that I hesitate to even use that word, because it has the word diet in it. So um, uh, so let's talk about that. Um, what's your favorite diet? Like, give it to me. I know you get asked this question a lot. So what's your favorite one? <laughs> That's a real trigger point for me. I, I get so... Um overwhelmed with how many people are so stuck on picking a diet to follow. Um, The paleo diet and the keto diet and the Mediterranean diet. Um, People come up to me all the time and they're like, I I need to get on a diet. Which one, which one would you recommend? And I literally just kind of cringe and pull away because I I know I'm getting ready to overload them because I'm, I'm, I'm so desperate for them not to follow a diet, but to follow a healthy lifestyle and to just eat real food. 
and that if you follow a, a healthy lifestyle, a healthy diet, you won't have to worry so much about weight management. It will happen naturally. If you're taking in everything good and not taking in the bad stuff that, that your body's hanging on to because it can't process it, the more you eat natural and the more you give your body that energy and the fiber and the water and the oil that it needs to process and eliminate everything, the weight will slowly start falling off. 27 years ago, I gave up dairy. Um, I was a nursing mom at the time. I realized that when I would eat dairy, I would have a fussy baby. So I stopped eating dairy for about nine months, thinking I'll slowly implement it back into my life. When I did, I realized I didn't feel as good. And I realized it was affecting things for me, but I didn't know it at the time. Um, Sometimes things that we've been told our whole life are good for us might not be good for us. If people have to be willing to open their mind to that so that they can receive that information and sometimes stopping something for a season, giving your body a break and then reintroducing it, it will be very eye-opening as to whether that's something you need to continue with. As human, so you introduced an interesting concept. Do you believe that everybody should go dairy-free? That's a hard one to answer. Deep, deep down, I want to say yes. Um, We've been so brainwashed into thinking, you know, got milk and that we need to have calcium. Um, Technically, the calcium that our body needs in order to have strong bones actually comes from a very healthy plant-based diet. Things like broccoli, believe it or not, are very high in the calcium that we need to help our bone density. Um, Nuts, all these nut milks that are available. My goodness, 27 years when I gave up milk, I had shelf-stable soy milk as an option and some rice milk unless I wanted to go buy fresh uh, I think I could get goat's milk you know Um, just to to look at the store now and to know that I can pick whether I want an almond milk or a cashew milk or flax milk or oat milk I mean my goodness it's amazing if you don't like almond milk try a different one try something give yourself a break Um, Dairy is very mucus creating, which is a high um, inflammatory. Okay. So if you've got kids that have a lot of, um, and I'm going to get real here, constipation. Yes. um, That have a lot of body odor, that have a lot of sinus issues or allergies. If you've got kids that have eczema or psoriasis at a really young age, dairy is probably... I'm not guaranteeing this for every person, but probably one of the biggest culprits for that. Eliminate and this is something that they need to consider. Yes, consider it. Just consider, even for 30 days, consider And I do it find it interesting that you, you know, you referenced earlier um, eliminating it for a period of time mm-hmm. and then introduce it mm-hmm. and see how you feel. Yes, absolutely. Um, so speaking of, you know, some foods that could be highly inflammatory and could really lead to mm. some disastrous mm. um, uh, health effects, what are some other uh, items that you like to kind of warn people about? Yes. First of all, sugars. Um, processed white sugar uh, is a huge culprit. Corn syrup, which is in so much of our food, especially the stuff that our kids eat, it's in ketchup. I mean, it's literally... It's in so many foods, we just don't even realize it. Even a lot of people who think they have a really low sugar diet, if they're not reading labels, 
they're getting more sugar and corn syrup syrup than they even realize. It's it's, it's shocking. So all of those things, yes hidden sugars. Yes, but you know you've got so many folks who are like, well, it's not that bad. Like it yeah. it can't be that bad. Mm-hmm. How do you respond to those folks who say it's not that bad? It is, and I I'm very clear about that. It is so bad. It is literally killing. It's killing our kids. Our children have so many health issues and sugar and processed foods are the things they keep coming back to. Corn syrup in the cereal that they eat in the morning and the little Lunchables and the fruit snacks. And then in the afternoon they come home and they have ice cream or a Jello and things like that that are just laden with this and they're eating it all day long. They're just kind of grazing on this all day long and they're never giving their body a break. And the inflammation it starts to make in their little bodies as they grow, it's just going to create more issues all the way into adulthood. It's just so prevalent in our society. It's everywhere we turned. And and you certainly referenced just the hidden sugars. So does this mean that someone has to completely avoid sugar at all costs at all times? No, for me, I actually own a baking business and I make a lot of desserts. What I've realized is there's a lot of sugar alternatives out there. Now, before we go further on that, let's keep in mind, artificial sweeteners are, it's not even a word big enough for how bad they are. These things are toxic and they are not the alternative. When I see a mom choose a diet Coke for her child as an option to drink because it has no sugar in it, I just, I just want to start crying. <laughs> I'm, I'm cringing. It's I'm cringing over here a little it's bit. it's not a better alternative. At that point, they, they're better off drinking the Coke. Your body can actually process the sugar at some point. It takes a long time, creates a lot of issues. But if you're going to have a Coke, have a Coke. Diet Coke and is I, pure poison. It, and, and I think this really plays into that diet mentality yes, because right. the diet soda that um, has that word diet on mm. it, it, it falsely leads you to believe, hey, it's healthier for you. This is a better option mm. than um, than a regular soda. Mm-hmm. And um, that is simply not the case. I find it interesting that the way the body responds to artificial sweeteners mm. is uh, from a blood sugar standpoint, uh, the insulin that's released, released from the pancreas the body responds exactly the same, whether it's sugar or artificial sweeteners. And I think we've been kind of sold this raw bill of goods um, and we've kind of lulled ourselves into thinking that, hey, it's a better option. It has the word diet on it. And then we apply that to our kids. Of course, it's okay for our kids to have that. Yes. Yeah. We're, it's a trap. It's just a trap. We, we, um, people get so hung up on, uh, no sugar and counting calories and all these things. So then when they do eat, they're looking for ways to get more food with less calories (laughs) so that they feel full. Well, you know, your body's hungry. It takes a lot of energy to run this body. And it does. does. If if you're going to fill it full of empty calories and empty foods, you're not going to feel good. By the time you wake up in the morning, your body's going to be so exhausted from processing stuff that it can't even recognize And it's not going to be ready for the new day. If you give it all the fuel that it needs when we're resting and our body's doing what it's supposed to be doing, that's when you wake up in the morning with energy, you're not in pain, your head is clear, and you're ready to go on with your day. And you have a happier outlook because you feel better. It's really hard to be happy when you wake up in the morning and you feel like crud. 
You're, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that, Holly. Um, so I think the the problem that we have here, though, is that we're coming from this diet mentality uh, where we, we certainly have marketing forces working against us. Um, and we're like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to. I said, you're saying I don't have to eat fat free. I, I don't have to count calories. Um, but like, I don't know what to eat. And I need to make sure my family's going to eat it. It has to taste good. So um, how do you help people discover that, for lack of a better word, that joy of cooking, that that art of preparing food at home mm-hmm. that is flavorful. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about flavor and the food experience mm-hmm. a little bit. So I think that's why the workshops that I host have done so well. Um, I have a partner and we do workshops. And one of the biggest things for the, especially it's predominantly women that come to this, is they're looking for new, better, healthier quick, simple options to eat healthy. And that's kind of a generic thing that seems to, I mean, just a general thing that seems to be happening. Um, so it's easier, easy for us to just show them some simple things that they can implement that helps them. It's small things, but that you can, um, use on multiple facets to broaden your culinary, you know, experience. Um, when you, uh, learn to, add more vegetables people don't realize how much flavor vegetable has that's that's one thing use use what what god has given us to create stuff without additives without keeping you know without more salt more butter more oil thing like things like that that aren't healthy look for ways to implement with fresh foods that are out there Um, Okay, so you reference fresh foods and vegetables. Now, I don't know about you, but I remember some vegetables that were prepared for me when I was very young, (laughs) and they were not good. In fact, they were pretty nasty. And then a lot of our other vegetables um, were just came from a can. Mm -hmm. So how do you get fresh vegetables to taste good? How do you prepare them in a manner to where your family will be like, yeah, I'll try that? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I think for me, even personally, one of the biggest switches for me was learning to roast my vegetables. Um, oh, I love roasting. I, I think I was like you in the sense of the vegetables that I had growing up were either overcooked to the point of mushy and flavorless, or they were so laden with butter that you weren't really even enjoying the flavor. You were just eating more butter. Um, yeah. When I started roasting and when I say roasting vegetables, I'm talking there's pretty much not a vegetable out there that I haven't at least tried to roast. Um, it really does take our vegetables to the next level. It brings out the natural sugars in them, um, which makes them, it just enhances the flavor of them. Um, sweet potatoes, carrots, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, anything anything that, that you as a kid had that was probably boiled or just baked, yeah. Cut it up. Not good. Toss it in a little bit of avocado oil or coconut oil. Just a little sea salt. And if there's a seasoning you really, really like, like rosemary or thyme or something like that, toss it on there and just roast them. You can go, I'm telling you, girl, you can go on Pinterest and find any way to roast any kind of vegetable in a healthy manner. It's amazing. I love I that. So when you say roast... Day. When you say roast, uh, what temperature and how long? Uh, obviously, depending on the vegetable, but what temperature and how long? It does. Most of the time, it's between 400 to 425 de- degrees. 
depending again how small you've cut the cut the vegetables up I toss them in a little bit of a healthy oil a little sea salt put them on a sheet pan that's got some but uh, some um, parchment paper on there easy cleanup and then you just yes. throw them in the oven roast them about halfway through about 10 12 15 minutes again depending on the vegetable give it a little stir put it back in the oven for another 10 to 15 minutes just watching it um, you can find recipes online for stuff like that and it's very simple and and I'm all about the quick and yes, easy that is for sure all about the quick and easy a couple different vegetables in the oven by the time you can get your your meat cooked or whatever your entree is pull those out the kids will eat them they're like candy it's it's just amazing I think I find that that roasting really brings out those those natural flavors and it's kind of surprising because when we did grow up in this age of boiling some vegetables or, or making them so you know overloaded by frying them clearly I grew up in the deep south by frying those vegetables or slathering them in butter we don't really get to truly taste those those good flavors from the vegetables so you and I have talked before uh, we like to uh, set out some delicious grazing boards uh, with some meats and cheeses and vegetables and hummus, etc. Um, and it has led to some great discussions about our approach to food. So we live in this crazy busy world and we are um, we're so stressed and we are so very busy and our schedules are so packed that when we eat, we are just kind of shoving it in and continuing on our way. Um, how has your approach to food changed with mm-hmm. all that you've learned? How has your approach to food changed? First of all, I, I feel like food is such a big part of our community time, our fellowship when we can sit down and enjoy something that we know is healthy with people that we love, there is something that happens that is so comforting. And when you know that your kids are sitting around the table with you, enjoying a meal that, you know, every single bite they're taking, you know, every single ingredient, and you know, every single ingredient is going to help them lead a healthy lifestyle. You feel so good as a mom or as a friend yeah. or whoever that you're, you're feeding. So when you take, food and implement it into your lifestyle and you and you choose a healthier option for everything it becomes a habit just like the habits that we have when we were unhealthy we're just going to learn new habits to be healthy and it's not going to happen overnight and people need to realize that um again i think that's a great just, point just kind of reminding folks oh. it's it's more of a continuum mm-hmm. we are exposed it's not it's every single day to I like as I like to say verbal health vomit everywhere we turn we are exposed to more information of things we should do things we shouldn't do and it gets overwhelming and therefore we just go back to our easy habits because it's easy well we get overwhelmed right we get overwhelmed with this verbal health vomit and we we shut down Yes. yes so you have to figure out for you for your lifestyle your schedule what is it you're gonna do are you going to just slowly start with breakfasts, maybe? Maybe are you a person that packs lunches? Maybe you start with your lunches. Or you're the one that makes the dinner every single night of the week. Start with your dinners. One good thing is if you make a healthy dinner and you make a little extra, you're going to have a little bit of leftovers for that healthier lunch or a healthier snack for somebody that comes home and needs something to eat. The more you prepare That's a great ahead, time the more you're going to realize it's up to you, especially as the mom 
to make those choices. If you don't bring it in your home, they're not going to eat it. And that goes for the good, the bad, and the ugly. If you bring in the bad, oh, they're going to eat true. the bad. If you bring in the good, they're going to eat the good. But you have to have it available. Have the fruit available. Have it washed and cut and ready to go. And if you are short on time, roast the vegetables ahead. They can sit in the refrigerator a couple of days and you just pull them out and warm them up. And believe it or not, cold roasted sweet potatoes tossed in a salad are amazing. Try it. Oh, that does. That does sound good. Thank you for that suggestion. <laughs> Holly, I have absolutely loved our discussion today. Um, I'm, I'm actually antsy because we could, you and I could talk literally for hours on end. So I, I just want to thank you. And guys, I, I want to encourage you with something else. Holly is a new friend of mine. And when I, when I, we have a lot of mutual friends and she's one of these folks that the more I saw her, the more I was like, I really want to be her friend. So I think I sent her kind of a cheesy message and said, hey, we need to get together. And so there is something about being around positive people and being around people that are supportive and caring. And so I want to encourage you, if you have somebody in your life and you're like, you know what, I think we should be friends. I want to encourage you to go for yes. it and just say, hey, I would love for us to be friends uh, because because of that, we, we have this beautiful friendship now, which I'm so deeply uh, grateful for. And we're able to encourage each other on our health journey. So, guys, I hope you've gotten a lot of encouragement and empowerment from Holly today. Now, Holly, I know everybody is wondering how they can find you. How can they get in touch with you and find out more about what you're doing? Great. You can find me on Instagram at nothing but love underscore Texas. And you can find me on Facebook at nothing but love. And my personal page is Holly Fletcher Love. If you give me a shout out, I'll definitely get back to you. Fantastic. Holly, I love your passion for others and your passion for health. So thank you so much for joining us. Guys, also remember to subscribe to us on your favorite platform of choice, Instagram, Facebook, at Inspire Healthy Harmony. And hey, join in the discussion group on Facebook where we hit those hot topics just like we did today. Is sugar that bad for you? Do I really have to stick to real foods? I don't even know what to eat. Where do I start? And how bad are diets? All of those hot topics, guess what? We unpack those on the discussion group. So check us out there and check us out at inspirehealthyharmony.com. So I hope you enjoyed today. Until we meet again, bye y'all.